What Radio, the music you want. With your host, Steve Dan. Oh yes, you can say that two times. RadioWhat.com Oh, this is a barrel of monkeys. What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live in a living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous. It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do you go? DJLittleRock.com. Check availability and get a free price quote. And maybe you can have me at your next event. It's wedding season, man. I've been doing a lot of weddings. Love them. Love those weddings. Oh, man, I did one last week over at the Legacy Acres in Conway, Arkansas. It was beautiful. I love that place. Legacy Acres. If you're anywhere, anywhere, you can have a destination wedding to the Legacy Acres in Conway. Why not? Do it. And the bonus, it's only like 10 minutes away from my house. So you'll make the DJ very happy, too. (laughs) Uh, Today on the program, Nate the Great Peterman. I'm kind of excited to talk to him. I saw him on Instagram. He's got a lot of cool videos out there, mostly motivating people, uh, talking about his various things that are going on in his life. And yeah, man, he seems like a pretty interesting dude. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to talk to Nate the Great Peterman. So you have that to look forward to in your ears. Are you stoked? Are you excited? Yeah, me too. This week's shows, public shows, oh, it's Halloween week. Uh, I don't have a Halloween night show. That's on a Thursday. So, yeah, I think I'll just be passing out candy to the kids, uh, you know. So if any kids want to come by, I've got some candy. Man, that sounds weird for a 50-year-old to say. But I guess, uh, you know, you tell the kids all year, don't take candy from strangers. Except for Halloween, you could take them from strangers tonight. <laughs> that always seemed odd to me, even at a young age. I'm, I'm really, I'm going to that guy's house. We don't like that guy. Oh, yeah, but he's got full-size candy bars. All right, I'll go. <laughs> All right, Friday night, I do have a show. It's uh, the Video Dance Party Karaoke Jam at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. Very stoked to be there. That's my regular Friday night, Friday night show. So they have the full bar, the kitchen that has the hamburgers and the and the, and the wings and the, the Jersey Girl pizza. Yeah, good, good food. And from what I heard, the more you eat, the more you can drink. It's not me. It's science. So don't quote me. I think it's science. They have the pool tables. In fact, they have a pool tournament on Friday nights. So if you want to make some money on a Friday night while you're hanging out at the Rab, doing your singing with the karaoke jam, you can play some pool while you're waiting to get on stage. And on the party patio, they have shuffleboard and a two foosball tables. They only had one before. Now they have two, count them, two foosball tables, a giant Jenga game and a giant checkers game. So there's always something to do while you're waiting to sing on the stage with little old me karaoke time oh yeah we do some dancing too the dance floor is lit up just for you at the rab in conway arkansas that starts at 8 p.m and it goes all the way till almost two in the am yeah the excitement uh and then saturday night oh yeah saturday you know I, i i told you i did weddings i did a wedding last week and the week before i did one too and this week i get to do a sadie hawkins dance for the pottsville middle school so kind of stoked about that i like to do different events 
Sadie Hawkins dance. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm, I know you will correct me if I'm wrong. A Sadie Hawkins dance is where the girl asks the guy to the dance, which is non-traditional, uh, at least by older fashion uh, standards. So the girl will ask the guy to the dance. Uh, somehow Sadie Hawkins is a historical figure of some kind. I guess she asked a guy to a dance. That's fuzzy history for me. I guess I should look things up before I get to the intro for this podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, you're not invited to the Sadie Hawkins dance unless a girl invites you. Okay. But uh, my public show is the the Rab Conway, Arkansas on Friday nights. All right. I'm not going to make you wait any longer. Let's talk to Nate the Great Peterman. I'm kind of stoked about that. Learn a little bit more about this young man. And yeah, I'm old. I could say young feller, young man. Nate the Great Peterman. Calling Nate the Great Peterman now. Hey, this is Nate. Nate the Great Peterman? Yes, sir. <laughs> As I live and breathe. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Been waiting to talk to you for a few days now. And I'm so happy to have you on the line. Man, you know, when I first found you on Instagram, full full disclosure, I, I said, Nate the Great. Man, that's kind of lofty. That is <laughs> something to call yourself Nate the Great. But then I started listening to your podcast, and um, what I did was, was I started in the beginning, and I went uh, episode one through fourteen or so. Now, some of them are kind of short, but some of them are, were 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 pretty cool. And then I, yeah. I ended up with the last five, and I started with the last five, and I ended up with uh, the T.J. Jackson was probably the latest one that I finished, but. Uh, <laughs> not buttering your bread too much but yes i'm going to be buttering your bread just a little <laughs> bit nate the great in in the beginning uh, you didn't have any you know the 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 sound quality wasn't as good but you had great guests and th at this point you were in philly is that right yeah yeah i was right around uh close to harrisburg pennsylvania good old amish and mennonite country Okay. All right. Uh, I guess we could touch on the Amish a little bit. Uh, we could pick on them because you know they won't listen to this podcast ever. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sure that's the joke around Mennonite country. I'm sure that it is. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and I, I listened to the first few and, man, you had some passionate guests, uh, some guys that were just, you know, you're okay. You aspire or are. Uh, and I'll let you define it, a motivational speaker. But the people that you had on, in the beginning at least, were guys that had been through some tough times uh, for the yeah. most part. Uh, you know, put not through the dirt, under the dirt, and then somehow dug their way out and, and became motivational speakers on their own. And this is what I'm guessing your podcast is about and has been about. I know. I'm monopolizing you. I'm talking your ear off. Nate, the great <laughs> Peterman. Give the people a little idea of who you are. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I'm originally from a, a town called Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. And 
you know, as I mentioned, of course, like, you know, I'm not Mennonite or Amish, of course, but I just so happen to grow up around, you know, different communities where I have to put or I have to pass, you know, horses and buggies every single day uh, on my car, like with my car and everything, like driving around them. And it's crazy because the place where I'm from is like super conservative and I'm currently 23 years old and man, living in Los Angeles, California. And if somebody would tell me like, back whenever I was 16, 17, 18 years old, that I'd be out here living, you know, having my own business, interviewing the people that I've been able to interview on the podcast. I would have thought that you'd be straight up busting me. You're joking for real. Cause I just, I never thought that I'd, I'd get here so soon, but I realized early on that, you know, setting your mind to it, being, being around the right people, taking the, the risks, especially at a young age, um, you know, it was definitely, it was worth it. You know, I never went to college. I never went to university or anything. I, uh, I just decided to, to fail many times in, in business. <laughs> and uh, of course, you know, learn from other people that were my mentors growing up. I mean, of course, having one of the top motivational speakers in the world in your corner, like Eric Thomas, definitely helped me a lot at a young age. And then that really set my, my pattern um, off, you know, into reading books, personal development books. And last year I read, 53 personal development books and my goal was 30 so i just you know up the goal and then i committed to myself actually a couple weeks ago for every single client that we get um which it varies i'm going to order a set of books based off of the, the kind of deal that comes through so i'm definitely big into to reading and, and everything like that but yeah that's just uh that's, that's just a little tip of the iceberg <laughs> yeah i would say uh, nate the great Pete, peterman and i'm enjoying saying nate the great peterman I'll, I'll say it as often as i can because it's fun it. it's just fun not because it, it rhymes why okay let's go with why nate the great is it because ju just because it rhymes or has that been a <laughs> moniker that has been hung on you no you know i decided to, to own that name because a lot of people started just randomly calling me it the people I was hanging around at some of these personal development conferences and they're like, Hey, Nate, the great. And I was like, man, I like that. And then I was like, you know what? Let me use that as my, as my tag name because my real name is actually Nathan Peterman. But I just felt as if, you know, having Nate, the great, you kind of got to have something that is catchy, especially nowadays in the world that we live in. And every single conversation and person that I meet, I don't say, hey, my name's Nate. I say, hi, my name's Nate the Great. And some, of the <laughs> <laughs> some of the conversations that like the people just, their eyes light up. And I did I did it to, to Howie Mandel about a, a week and a half ago. And he just, he lost it. <laughs> I, I bet it's an icebreaker, to be sure. And yeah. California is the place you ought to be. Uh, so you loaded up your truck and you moved to Beverly Hills, that is. See, I, I'm from Miami and I had my own taste uh, of uh, brushes with greatness uh, down there and and i was always called dan the man and, and i could i guess i could have owned that but uh you know i ended up in the florida keys so keys dan is where my moniker came from and so now you know that little bit about me nate yeah. the great peterman uh, yeah so my, miami was great you know in that I, I met a lot of people particularly in the music business i was doing a lot of radio down there but oh, okay. in Pen pennsylvania uh, growing up in the Mennonite uh, country in a very conservative area, uh, did that uh, influence your, uh, I don't know, political views, your views on the world, on, on life? Uh, how, how did your parents bring you up? Yeah, no, that's a great question, Dan. I mean, I was brought up just middle class. My, uh, my dad, 
he worked a lot of like HVAC. My mother was uh, a nurse and she still is a, and, uh, a CNA and everything taking care of people. She works night shift. And uh, a big moment was they got divorced whenever I was about 15 years old. So that was definitely a monumental point in my life. Uh, because that's when I realized like, wow, things weren't going to be the same, like just in terms of being together family wise. And I don't know, you know, like a lot of people would let that define them and, and kind of, uh, you know, let that throw them off their course. But it, it's funny, you know, some of the teachers that I had in, in school and everything, they, they always push college because being back from Pennsylvania, you know, going to Penn State or going to like Temple University or even the University of Pittsburgh, like the Panthers, um, that's huge. And, you know, they just tried to push that on me whenever I was in school. And the counselors kept saying, like, Nate, you still haven't made your decision yet on a college. But I just I don't know, Dan, I, I never was about going to college. And I've had jobs anywhere from like working at McDonald's to selling cars. So I've had <laughs> many jobs. And I just realized that none of that was was my my way that I wanted to to do things. And I didn't want to live that way. And then it's just kind of funny how you know, whether people believe in the universe or God, you know, whatever religious beliefs or people are, um, I, I just kind of went into what my calling was. And that was reading books, you know, going to personal development conferences. And then that led me into some network marketing. And then eventually that led myself into to starting my own business. And then fast forward, I mean, that's where this is where I'm at today, for real. <laughs> for real. And well, Nate, the great, uh, well, it sounds like your parents were pretty hard workers, you know, dad in the HVAC and mom in the nursing. And I'm sorry that things didn't go well and they split up while you were 15. And yes, that could have defined you. You could have gone and, and become a very bad kid and gone the wrong route. Uh, what did change for you personally at 15 when they split up? Did, did you go and live with mom or dad or half and half? Yeah, no, I, I stayed with my mother uh, because that's where we were at the time anyways. And, and my dad, he actually got his own apartment and stuff. And I would see him, he would pick me up like on the weekends and everything. I, I have great relationships with them. It's, it's incredible. It's not like one of those things where sometimes people, people feel a little bit, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not too close to my dad after that, but I was fortunate enough that, uh, you know, with how I was raised and everything, I, I, I never held a grudge or anything. And I mean, it was definitely, I mean, it was tough when it happened because I definitely had moments where I felt depressed and I, I, you know, got angry and sometimes, but then I realized I was like, instead of again, going to like junk food, instead of going to drugs, I, I decided to go to like motivational videos at, <laughs> at a young age. <laughs> yeah. That's, and, uh, I guess that's something to do for sure. To, to pick your <laughs> spirits up. Uh, did you have any siblings? You, you do have siblings, right? Yeah, I got one uh, half brother. Yep, one half brother. See, I, I have about the same situation. Mom, mom, and dad got divorced, and I have a half brother myself. So, so oh, that's wow. I guess that's the American family. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it seems to be the, the way things happen these days. But uh, okay, so moving forward, uh, you were, went to school in Pennsylvania. Uh, how was life growing up in Pennsylvania? And what were your extracurricular activities besides besides watching motivational videos, Nate the Great? <laughs> That's a great question, Dan. So, yeah, you know, I was a really big soccer player growing up. I played soccer for about 14, 15 years. And uh, I was a forward about halfway, you know, through my soccer career I, until I realized, you know, I didn't have the best stamina and then I started to play goalkeeper. So every time after school, you would see me playing soccer or whether it was thrown around the football. I was always big into sports and I was always a big time competitor. You know, if I lost it at anything, I 
sometimes would, you know, not talk to people for days at a time. And same with, uh, you know, if we lost a soccer game, uh, which we, we rarely lost because we were so good uh, with where we were, the team that we had, you know, we were a really great team. And, and anytime we did lose, you know, I took it personal. I really did. Mm. And I uh, sometimes wouldn't, you know, talk to even the parents for the rest of the day, just because I was so angry that we lost. And so I was really big into sports growing up. I was a bit of a gamer, video gamer in, uh, in high school and, and stuff. And then, uh, yeah, once I graduated, it was whenever I was like, man, these video games aren't doing me justice. And the people I was hanging around weren't really doing me justice either. I still what, was have, your, what was your video game of choice? Uh, I was a big Call of Duty guy. <laughs> Call of Duty. Okay, continue. Yep. And uh, also Madden was a, a big one, you know, playing the Madden and all that. So, uh-huh. but, uh, but yeah, whenever I graduated, you know, it, it might sound kind of bold or something, but I cut a lot of people out. Like the people that I used to hang out with, I'd say I cut about 95% of the people I was hanging out with just totally out. And I didn't used to hang out with a lot of people, but the people that I did hang out with, and it's funny, Dan, they were actually starting to kind of criticize me for what I was the books that I were reading. Cause they were like, why are you reading this? This guy's just trying to scam you with your money. Mm. And they just, they didn't have the, the right mentality and they kept playing games. They kept doing this stuff and don't get me wrong. I mean, they're, they're great people and, and stuff with where I'm from, but yeah, I just had to really cut a lot of people out. And, you know, I still talk to a couple that today, you know, they, they have the mentality. Um, and there's another guy I grew up with from second grade, I'm still in conversation with him, but it's, it's not like an everyday thing. You know, it's like an every, every, uh, month kind of checking like, Hey man, how you doing and stuff. But <laughs> that was, uh, just some activities that I did. Yeah. No, Nate, the great, it sounds like you had a different trajectory than most of the kids that you grew up with. I have one best friend from high school. I still keep in touch with him. John Canada. I know you're listening, uh, you know, shout out to him. Uh, and, and I have a handful of people that I knew in high school that, all have made pretty great lives with uh, of themselves and and I, that's one of the reasons i still associate with them uh, you know I, I i like to keep myself surrounded with people that are are beneficial that are that are uplifting that that aren't always on social media saying how terrible their life is you know uh. there, there has to be some kind of i hope that people are happy generally in their relationships because for crying out loud if it, if it wasn't that that way it would be a terrible world. You know, I'd like to see that most couples are having a good time. You know, they may complain a little bit, but, uh, well, that, that might be a whole nother story. <laughs> Maybe there'll be some feedback on that. Uh, I don't know where my mind went, but, uh, growing up, you were a soccer player and you figured out that, okay, you had problems with your stamina. Uh, you weren't much of a runner, I guess, or a cardio type of guy. But- yeah. I, uh, Every time I, I, you know, I played, I had a good five, 10 minutes in me because I'm the type of guy where I just, man, like it's hard for me to, it's always been hard for me to kind of pace myself mm. and, and stuff. So I, uh, I would have like a few good runs in me, but man, whenever I ran those first few times, like to start the game, I mean, you definitely knew it, you know, I, I was always one of the first ones to get to the ball and stuff. But, you know, with that, whenever you let everything out there at first, it kind of runs you down unless you're like cristiano ronaldo or something that that's a whole different story but yeah i just uh had a hard time balancing that and stuff and then i realized because a coach saw me one day in the goalkeeper box and he saw that i was like pretty great at just stopping whenever the ball got kicked at me and i had really fast reflexes and he was like nate let's uh let's put you in as as goalkeeper and 
long story short, I played goalkeeper and and yeah, Dan, I had about two or three shootouts throughout <laughs> my uh, soccer career, and I never lost a shootout. So I guess Excellent. that's something good. <laughs> Excellent, Nate the Great. All right, I mean, it, and it sounds like it, this could have shaped your personality too. That you took the losses very personally, and you didn't like it. You, it felt it feels like you didn't like it when you lost. So no. winning was the better the better way to go, and I think a lot of people would agree that winning is the better way to go, right? absolutely yeah that's huge (laughs) so your trajectory is to win and you say all right you started this podcast when you were 21 years old but previous to that you were reading motivational books and and watching motivational videos Uh, and was there any other uh, extracurriculars that you were doing through high school besides the soccer and anything else yeah pretty much just uh yeah, the soccer, the the video games. The video games. Yeah, I really, I really used to spend a lot of time on on playing video games, and uh, <laughs> especially junior and senior year. That was, I'd stay up like late at night. Every time I got home from school, which is around like three forty five four, I would literally just sit in my room until like eleven or twelve, sometimes one in the morning, just playing. And I don't know, it's uh, you know, they, they say there's sometimes perks for for playing games as well because it. It definitely makes you a little competitive. I was a guy, if I lost a game, I sometimes would, you know, throw my controller at the ground because <laughs> I just, uh, I didn't like to lose, Dan. I really didn't. <laughs> yeah, you see, Nate the Great, I, I, I've i never played Call of Duty, but from what I understand, it is a social type uh, online game where you're playing with a team against another team or individually. Uh, explain that game and that dynamic of playing that type of video game, Nate the Great. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, I mean, there's definitely a whole bunch of different modes and settings you can play on. I mean, they have like one mode, it's called free for all, where it's you against like 12 other people. Mm-hmm. And they have another one, I think it's called like team deathmatch. And it's like five against five. And then there's a whole bunch of uh, different other modes as well. But yeah, typically it's, you know, the motivation behind it, if, if I'm really thinking about it, it's, you know, even if you're, if you're on a team, you still want to be the guy that comes out number one on your team. And that's, I I always wanted to come out top on my team. And um, if I didn't, you know, I I would still kind of be like, yeah, you know, we still won, but I didn't win. Do you feel like it was the the more fun was individual or part of a team on these, on this type of game or or even in soccer uh, when you had an individual achievement uh, such as stopping the ball uh, in a shootout or when the whole team won, what made you feel better? Nate the Great. <laughs> that's a great. I like that question, Dan. That's mm, mm-hmm. hey, that's great. Um, you know, it's funny if if we're talking about for for the video game aspect. I definitely liked. You know, I like the team aspect of that, and of course, if I came out on top with a team, you know, they definitely they appreciated it, and, and I like that aspect. But then there's the other aspect of if, if we're talking about sports and, and soccer and things. I personally, I loved when their team won. I always loved that. But, man, there was no greater feeling after a penalty shootout and you were the one that really determined the game, yeah. um, especially whenever you're stopping the balls because nobody can do that besides you, mm. right? Some mm. of the, you know, for people that are big into soccer, you get five attempts, right? And typically, if we're talking about my team, not every single five people on the team make the kick. So it's like if they don't make the kick, Let's say they miss, and and then it's me against the other team. I'm the one that has to stop that ball. And if I don't stop that ball, then that's on me. People can say all day, okay, 
well, Nate, it's not on you. It's because they, they, they miss. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, it's still on me. It's big. Who cares if they missed? I don't care if they missed. It's my duty to not let that ball in. And uh, so, you know, after the shootouts, I, I do got to admit, Dan, that I, I really appreciated it because it's like everybody celebrates it. You know, whenever you win a shootout, people put you on their, uh, you know, they, they throw you up in the air, put you on like their shoulders and stuff. And there's definitely a, uh, a bittersweetness to, to that way, you know? <laughs> it's nice to be the MVP, I'll tell you. And there, there was no wrong answer to that, Nate the Great. It's just, it shapes uh, your trajectory. It shapes how you feel as a person. You want to win. You are a winner. And you're part of a team, so you're bringing other people up. You're motivating them. This is all, it, it, it all comes from a, a, an early age. And I was, I'm just trying to, wonder i'm just wondering when that started and it sounds like it started from a very early age and yeah so maybe at, at 15 16 what did you what do you think you you got from the motivational um uh, videos uh and how often did you watch those videos nate the great yeah no it's it's funny dan i actually watch watch the videos typically once every single day you know i mean i'd be in school and i'd have people uh come up to me and just be like what are you watching and stuff because you know i was watching a bunch of eric thomas videos and you know of course eric thomas being african-american with a, a uh, with a snapback ball cap one and him wearing a motivational shirt and sometimes i'd have it out playing out loud uh, of course i didn't play it super duper loud but sometimes people would just ask me because you know i wasn't necessarily the most popular kid in school i was like kind of the middle class in in school if, if we're talking and people would come up to me and ask what it was and i'd tell them and they just would kind of have like a blank stare and then again i mean with watching motivational videos with what you watch you know it, it really impacts your life and you implement that as well so i started creating motiv motivational videos and um of course 15 16 years old people that look at those motivational videos back then they could see that of course i really wasn't super duper passionate or I, well, not necessarily passionate but it's enthusiastic is what i am today but the fact was that i was putting out content and i was putting out videos and it's funny dan one of the videos actually kind of went quote unquote viral in my school i mean it's, it's only got 196 views today on youtube but it went viral in like my school at the time because it was on favoritism and i was talking a little bit about like just high school sports and how they kind of play it to how some people don't even have to try out for the team and they still automatically make it. And some of the kids got a hold of that and they were showing it to a bunch of the other kids. And yeah, I mean, I had a moment and, and several moments where some people really started to, to get on me about that. And, you know, they were sending some, some hate my way and, and, you know, it, it didn't affect me. Um, but it, it did in a way cause you know, it just kept me going and it definitely just, yeah, it's funny cause those guys, you know, they, they like my, my photos and they sometimes hit me up today saying how much they support me. But it's like, you know, I never hold a grudge against anybody, but one thing is I'll never forget, you know? <laughs> no, as well you should. And, and it, it shaped you, it molded you in some kind of way, Nate, the great, and it, it, it could have burned you. And, and those are very formative years when you're a teenager, uh, you know, all things are, you get real emotional. You're, you're very home hormonal. <laughs> you know, I, I have a 14 year old daughter and she, everything bothers her. Oh my goodness. And then I remember when I was 14, 15, 16, yeah, I, I took a lot of things to heart and I'm 
you know, maybe I'm projecting, but I'm feeling that maybe you had the same kind of feelings when things happened. I mean, how how did the kids treat you? I mean, did did, did you go to a lot of parties? Did you have a lot of girlfriends or or what have you? Relationships in high school? Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, it's funny, Dan. I, I I really haven't had many relationships even up to this point. You know, like um, even during high school, I just there was one girl I, I kept going back and forth to, but. I, uh, yeah, I just had to cut that off because realized we didn't have the same interests and it just wasn't what I wanted. But I, uh, you know, with the kids that criticized me and stuff, you know, it just, yeah, it definitely fueled me and put more fire in me and just told me to keep going. And, you know, it just, yeah, it's, it's funny because I realized being at the school that I went to with people being very conservative, um, I just, I didn't realize, not, it's, it's not that I didn't realize, I didn't care that what people said to me you know, even if it was, was cruel. Cause man, I mean, I, I never really got bullied or anything like that. I mean, there might've been like a, a couple of times where, you know, somebody might've, you know, said something or things, but I never got like physically bullied. If anything, I just got people that told me to, to be like, like, man, stop doing these videos and you're just jealous and, <laughs> and all this other stuff. But you know, I never got like physically bullied. So I'm definitely fortunate enough of that, you know? <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a hater that was doing better than I am. <laughs> for real. And, and, and that's for sure. All right, shifting gears. Uh, you were inspired by Eric Thomas, uh, and he's a motivational speaker, and he's from Detroit, and he had a single mom that he grew up with. I mean, but you did you go to any college? Because he went all the way. He's a PhD. Uh, did did right. you? What inspired you about Eric Thomas in particular? Uh, what, what words or what? What words inspired you, Nate the Great? Yeah, Dan. So to answer your first question, yeah, I've, I've never went to college or university. Um, the the main thing that really caught my eye, I watched this the motivational video, and it's got this guy on the beach. He's lifting weights and everything. He's you know he's an African American guy with a bunch of tats, and uh, I thought that he was the speaker, the guy that was on the beach. But turns out that his name is Giovanni Ruffin, and I was like, wait a second, this isn't the guy. And then I, I looked in the description on YouTube and it said the speaker was Eric Thomas. And I, there was something about his voice, Dan. I've, and, and it's still to this day, I've never heard somebody more passionate than Eric Thomas, like never. And, you know, and, and again, you know, there's Tony Robbins, there's Jim Rohns, there's Les Brown, Bob Proctor's, all that. Like, I, I, I understand there's tons of speakers, but personally, in my opinion, E.T. is number one in my book when it comes to um, <laughs> just speaking, but most importantly, the passion, because the passion was what really got me because there was moments i mean again when my parents you know separated and just before games like super soccer i would listen to to him speak and it always motivated me because you know it's great to listen to music and we all have music or songs and artists that we listen to i mean if you want me to be super scientific about it mm -hmm. music is number three on the list for human stimuli that stimulates the brain so it's like with that in mind E.T. was like stimulating my brain in a way that told me to keep going, keep pushing forward, keep putting out videos. And I mean, I don't want to necessarily credit everything to him. He's helped me significantly when it comes to the passion and the motivation. But it was just something about his uh, his rawness. And I, of course, I've been fortunate enough to establish a, a personal relationship with him going to some of his conferences and investing into some of his programs. And that made me close with him. I got a chance to meet him, meet his mom, meet the team, meet his family. So it's like they saw me from a young age 
and, and, and seeing where I'm at now. So it's like, they're, they're beyond proud of, of where I'm at. And just, uh, yeah, it, it was great. Just getting surrounded around one of the top speakers in the world because of his, his grit that he had, you know? Nate the Great. Sometimes it's not good to meet your heroes, but in this case, it sounds like it was a good thing. Uh, now, uh, okay, let's go with that. How, how the Mount Rushmore, the Nate the Great Mount Rushmore of motivational speakers, who would you put, who, what four faces would you put on there? Man, you said four faces? Yeah, yeah, because you got Eric Thomas. I'm guessing he's he's one of the faces put, you're going that's going up on your Mount Rushmore of motivational speakers. Who else motivated you to motivate others? Mm, yeah, absolutely. So definitely, yeah, Eric Thomas for sure. Oh, I gotta say Tony Robbins. Um, I mean, do they still gotta be living? No, no, but I I like Tony Robbins and Shallow Hal. That was the best. Yeah. <laughs> he was the no, best. Absolutely. I mean, that's I mean, I, I knew he was a great speaker, but when I saw him in that movie, it was just okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and 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 I think I've had the same feelings as your friends where you you'll see these people that'll say, "Hey, do you want to buy houses with a little bit of money? Do you want me to oh, teach yeah. you, give you the tools, give you the keys to success?" You know, and, and you see them on the late night videos and you wonder how much of this is hooey, but <laughs> some of it's got to be true. Some of it, at least some of it. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that you're true. Cause I mean, I'm listening to your podcast all day long and I'll finish them all up uh, probably within the next couple of days. And, and I, I'll be waiting for number what I get 45, uh, you know, by the time I'm finished with that one, uh, that, is that what you're at for 44, 45? Yeah, I think I'm, man, I lost count, to be honest. I think yeah. I'm over, I think I'm around 45, maybe 50 now, yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, as soon as I finish these up, these are the ones that, that downloaded uh, last night, and and, uh, and I've been listening all day, you know. And I drive around, and, yeah, I DJ, and I play music yeah. for the people on the weekends, but when I'm by myself in my car, I listen to podcasts. And, hey, like, uh, yeah. yeah, that's just like a school on wheels as, Lewis Howes likes to say, and, and yeah, the reason I said I, I'm not sure what I'm at is, man, I got, so, oh yeah, I got all episodes that are getting released until the end of this year. So it's, yeah, it's it's definitely a lot of work in progress, and some of the guests that you're gonna that you're gonna see, it's definitely gonna. I'm sure you'll recognize some of them. So I appreciate you listening, man. You know what's funny, Nate the Great? I guess I'm a terrible podcaster because every time I record them, I put them out like two hours later. I I never hold them. You know, (laughs) I never hold them. I never really edit them too much. Maybe like a a light editing over the top and, you know, add an intro and an outro and, and that's it. But but I, I put them out like like Joe Rogan puts them out, man. It's, I, I, he, sometimes he puts three a day out. And yeah, I've, I put out three a day. So you hold them. I, 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 I can't understand the two schools of thought in that. But let's go back to um, you, you got two more people to put on your, your Mount Rushmore, Nate the Great. You got Tony Robbins and Eric Thomas up there. What are the other two faces, living or dead? Yeah, I definitely got to say for sure Martin Luther King. Um, yeah. he was, oh my gosh. Yeah. I went to this, uh, you know, a business party. He's from right around Alabama, right near Birmingham. And I was able to, to see where, you know, the, the movement and everything was and where you marched. That was definitely inspiring and emotional for me. And then, um, man, if I got to put one more up there, I would have to say, uh, I'd have to say Napoleon Hill. 
Yeah. Who's Napoleon Hill? Now I got to look him up. Come on, Dave. You better be joking. I'm thinking Napoleon Dynamite, but now I'm going to look up Napoleon Hill. (laughs) Yeah, Napoleon Hill. He's uh, the author of, you've heard of Think and Grow Rich? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Think and Grow Rich, Law of Success, uh, Outwitting the Devil. Yeah, he's a... He's, a, he's an incredible author. I'm reading The Law of Success right now, and yeah, it's one of the greatest books I've ever read in my life. I mean, yeah, I mean, for the listeners and any you know people that are listening to this, if you need a book, oh my gosh, The Law of Success is literally the only book that you need to read to transform your life. And, and I mean that, too, because it's like, it's an 800-page book, but man, it's the Bible of personal development, I'm going to tell you that. He's a Southern man from Virginia and died in South Carolina. <laughs> yeah Literally. so yeah i'm looking at a picture of him now and he's a very dashing man you know he's got the the standard <laughs> good looks that you had back in the 40s and 50s you know the those kind of looks were where he looks like a you know like a, a leading man at least that's the picture that they portrayed of him and right. but yeah the think and grow rich 1937 so he was from way back did you read that book oh my gosh yeah i just uh, finished up a Finished it up again uh, about a couple of weeks ago just to revisit it. But yeah, it's, oh my goodness. Think and Grow Rich. I think it's one of the top selling personal development books there there ever was. And that book right there, it's like the, uh, it's like the basic version of the law of success. But I do recommend reading Think and Grow Rich first if anybody is going to read the law of success, just so you can put the two and two together. Sadly, I'm not a good reader, but I'm a very good audiobook listener. So I'm adding that to my audiobooks. Uh, right now, I have uh, Sun Tzu, The Art of War. I, I've, oh, yeah. I've, I've read it in high school, and I want to read it again. You know, I want to hear it. So, and, and um, oh, well, I guess we can go there. You're, you're an author. Uh, do you have an audio version of your book? Yep. Yeah, I do. I, whenever somebody, you know, whether they go to Amazon and purchase it, there's like an option they can buy it there. But uh, normally I always recommend people just to check out natethegreat.com because the book's free. They just got to pay like eight bucks for shipping. And then they actually get the ebook version for free as well as the audiobook version as well for free, which is uh, really cool. Excellent. Who read the book? You said who read the book? Did, did you, did you do the audio? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. An author did his own audio. Yes, that's always the best. That's always better, man. Because you get to put the inflection, you put the passion in your words. Uh, You know what? What made you write this book, and what is this book about? Yeah. So the title is "Success Secrets for the Young Entrepreneur," and I wanted to write it because I mean it's not like a super long book. It's about like a 90 pages long i wanted to keep it simple and sweet didn't want to make it cliche like most personal development books are about like hey here's how to change your life here's how to transform i actually applied actionable steps for people to implement as well as like different travel hacks matter of fact the other day just yesterday somebody hit me up and said nate i was literally called to do a speaking engagement in uh in dallas and uh i was like wow that's incredible and he said that I just so coincidentally started to read your book and thank you for suggesting this third party website um, for me to, to book flights. And he said he saved like over a hundred or a couple hundred bucks. And I was like, man, that's exactly why I wanted to create the book so that people can not just hear a little bit about my story, but people can actually go out and implement some different travel hacks. You know, if somebody wants to learn how to 
get exclusive lounge access to airports and TSA pre global entry, meaning cut through security lines. Oh my gosh. I mean, I, I put it all in that book for real, Dan. Oh, the man's got tips. Nate, the great. No, that is great. Life hacks are wonderful, man. And I've gone down the rabbit hole in the YouTube videos of life hacks. And if you put some of them in that book, yeah, I, I appreciate that completely. I'll be checking that out soon enough. Nate, the great. All right. We just got out of high school and you're not going to college. I've been to college a bunch of times, mostly for vocational things like radio, like firefighting, like paramedic. I did, you know, and psychology. When I first went to college, it was psychology. That was my first love, but it didn't last long. I think my first year of college, we partied a lot. My fraternity, I was the, <laughs> okay. I was the college DJ. So, yeah, that's, you know, it, it didn't go well. So college was yeah. not for me either. School of life, learning things. And now I'm picking your brain, Nate the, Nate the Great. What did you do after high school? And, in, into, and when did you get to California? Was that a straight shot? Yeah, no. After high school, I uh, yeah, was still working at McDonald's. And then I went to my first ever personal development conference, which is, you know, ETs in Hartford, Connecticut. I went up there with a buddy of mine and saw him speak and once i saw him speak i kid you not i quit my job the next day and <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I i went to uh to work at another job which was a gas station worked there for about uh three months and then you know quit that and then went out to, to live with my grandparents for about a year and a, yeah a little bit over a year were they and still in 10 uh what'd you think where, where were the grandparents at uh, they were in uh, right around Penn State, so Altoona, Pennsylvania. Okay, got it. But yeah, I lived with them for a little bit over a year, and I was working at Dick's Sporting Goods at the time. Um, worked there for a little bit over a year, and then I was like, man, let me just try selling cars. Because I was like young. I said, okay, selling cars besides you know doing real estate, that's one of the top things you can do without having a college degree. Yeah. So I uh, started selling cars, did that for three months and I quit because I just, yeah, I couldn't stand the, not necessarily the pressure, but the manipulation that they were putting it through. Cause it's, it's definitely a lot of, it's definitely a lot twisted than what people realize, at least the place that I worked at. It, well, uh, you can make your own money. I think at that point, somewhere in my mid twenties, I was working at Bally's health and fitness and that one's kind of high pressure. All right. Say the building held 300 people, each salesman, there were five salesmen, had to sell five memberships every day. So five days a week, you had five salesmen selling five memberships, five days. So that's 25 more people every day in the building that only holds 300. You're taking a thousand bucks from them. Yeah, wow. that didn't last long. <laughs> it made me feel bad that you knew they weren't going to last more than a couple of weeks in that job. What made you feel bad about selling cars? I mean, because everybody needs a car. Yeah, no, you're right. And that's something, you know, I thought selling cars, I didn't think it'd be hard, but I personally realized that I wasn't passionate about it for one. Mm. And then the the management that I had managed that job, it just, yeah, it wasn't good. Like there was times whenever they would just chew you out and take you out on the car lot and just like start yelling at you. And long story short, I, I eventually heard after I left a few months afterwards, they fired the you know, one of the, the top general managers there. 
So it, it was funny because he actually used to work at a state penitentiary. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, it definitely made sense. But I just, yeah, I wasn't passionate about selling cars. And then I realized, like, wow, you know, if, if I'm not passionate about it, I can't do it. Because I'm the type of guy, if I'm going to do something, I got to love it. Like, I can't. I can't do something that I don't love. Have I tried it? Absolutely. And it just doesn't work, you know? Yeah, nobody needs a job that people are yelling at you constantly. That's just, it's not good for your health, man. It's not good for your psyche. So you you need a job that you can be passionate about. So where did you go from the used car salesman job? Yeah, so from the used car salesman, I got into network marketing at the time. Okay. um, Because I was doing that as well on on the side. How so? And, uh, what, what kind of network marketing? What is that? Uh, yeah, network marketing involved like had a, it was an energy drink company. Uh, there was a company called Vima. Um, I was a part of that, but okay. basically, um, you know, you had to share the products with people, and then you could enroll people to start the business or get them as customers and everything. Was that so, phone uh, sales, or you had to go to events? Uh, it was mainly they. They really were heavy on having home events to invite people out to but oh. you know you, you still did some phone kind of phone calls and stuff I, I never really did much with uh with the sales on on like selling people on products and i think that was because again i'm not in network marketing anymore i got out of it and that was one of the big reasons is because again i wasn't passionate about the product i was okay. passionate about the movement that you could have meaning that you could work for yourself yes and I told myself then I was like, you know what? Because after the car job, I then moved back home and I went back to working at Dick's Sporting Goods Goods again. So I was working there a little bit, and then I was also working at Rena Center, moving furniture at people's homes and stuff. I worked at Rena Center. I I did not like rent to own. (laughs) (laughs) I felt like I was stealing from these poor people. Oh my goodness! Literally. Yeah, you know, they're paying four times the amount of. Oh, okay, Rena Center, you you did me good. Thank you for the job, but oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) No, it it starts to weigh on you. You know, you you don't want to steal from people, but sometimes that's all. That's the only way they can get the big screen TV or the nice couch. You know, and I I guess there has to be good parts to it. But yeah, I I was there, dude. Yeah, I mean it's crazy because I mean you go into these people's homes and oh my goodness, talk about oh and the repossession sites. Oh, what'd you say? And the repossession part that was terrible. I oh, felt so bad when they couldn't make the payments. Oh, <sighs> yeah, rent. You got home. people that are there trying to you know hold you back. Like you can't do that. I'm just I'm just doing my job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a dangerous yeah. job. That that's a job where they can they can take take it out on you physically uh, because you're taking their couch you're taking their refrigerator you're taking they couldn't make the payment for a couple of of weeks or or so or a month or so rent to own is tricky and not just rent a center rent to own is tricky you know Uh, rent centers it's a great company i'm sure you know for for other reasons but right (laughs) you just you just took you just hit a nerve on on me right there <laughs> so rent center didn't last and uh what else what else what other joe jobs were, were you not passionate about but but uh, you know i could see you being able to do sales man you're a very personable guy and 
and you seem like you can you can talk to anybody and sell ice to a an Eskimo is from what I've heard. I mean, from what what I can tell, what I can gather, Nate the Great. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. It's funny because I get that from time to time a lot. Like, wow, Nate, you could sell me anything just with your voice and stuff. And um, it's it's funny because whenever I was working at you know Renaissance and, and then Dick Sporting Goods, mm-hmm. I committed and I said, you know what, I'm never going to work a job in my life again. And then that's whenever I just quit the jobs and i decided to go all in on network marketing and now here's the thing i wasn't necessarily making a full-time even a part-time income with network marketing <laughs> okay i was making maybe man, maybe a few to eight hundred dollars a month right but you got to keep in mind i didn't necessarily have a lot of bills either so i was you know taking care of my car payment taking care of my phone bill and thanks mom thanks yeah. mom <laughs> <laughs> literally that's all i had to do i just had to pay for that and then yeah i did network marketing for a couple years and then i met my uh, my business partner at an event in oregon with the one network marketing company and yeah we didn't necessarily hit it off at first but uh you know we started chatting and stuff and i realized that we had similar visions and, and he did as well and he was a super cool dude because again he's from alabama so okay. we hit it off real well and then he, long story short, left the network marketing company and I didn't realize why, but then, you know, he told me and then I was like, okay, that makes sense. And then he advised me to leave, but I wanted to kind of hold on. So I held on for a couple more months. And again, long story short, I left the company and then we both stayed in communication. We started doing more calls. He called me and said, Nate, you should come down here to to, to Alabama. Cause at the time, once I left the the network marketing company, I decided to start my own social media marketing agency because it intrigued me how you could make money by having social media and managing accounts, doing some advertising campaigns. And my first ever client was my orthodontist. And they were kind of that client where they didn't necessarily need marketing, but they just wanted to support me in some shape, way or form because they saw exactly what you see, Dan what I've been doing all these years. They've always loved my positive mentality. And they said, okay, let's, let's, you know, invest $250 a month into Nate. And at the time I'm like, wow, I'm getting a check to give them advice and to manage their social medias. And, you know, I, I, I flew down to Alabama, met with Daniel, my business partner. It's funny. You know, I call him Dan, the man. It's, it's funny. Yeah. I like him uh, already. (laughs) He's a, he's a great guy. He's, He's a year younger than me, Dan. So, um, you know, I went down there and then, you know, of course at the time my first company was called social boost agency. And again, long story short, came back from Alabama and we had a whole new company. He was my business partner and we decided to name it Simba marketing. And then we had, we made the logo, um, we didn't plan it, but it just so happened to be the, the shape of a lion. So is that the S Y M B A? Uh, yep. S Y M B A Simba. Is that still around? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, because I know I noticed some of the logos that you had on your on your uh, social media. So yes, I want to make sure that people know about that, Nate the Great. And, and that's <laughs> yeah. so with network marketing, you travel a lot. Do you travel all over the United States or, or outside into the world even further? Yeah, uh, with network marketing, I did a little bit of traveling. I went to like Florida and then to michigan a couple times and then i went to 
Oregon for one event, as well as California. Yeah, my first time in LA was with network marketing. And, and then for the my own marketing business with Simba, yeah, definitely blessed with that, man. Uh, we've been doing that for three years, six-figure company. We've had no startup, no we, we haven't advertised to ourselves whatsoever. Like, and, and that's been the secret. You know, a lot of people ask, what, how have you, you know, how have you been able to be so successful, especially for your age and things like that. And it's exactly to the point that you brought up, Dan, it's, it's traveling. Like we traveled to Miami, to Texas, to California, to Vancouver, Canada, British Columbia, Victoria, uh, Canada. You know, we've went to China, you know, over in Beijing, Shanghai, Nuremberg, Germany, Frankfurt, uh, Sweden, Stockholm. And uh, for crying out loud, we had to lay over in Moscow, Russia. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, we've uh, we've definitely been around and we're definitely uh, so blessed and fortunate because we look back on the journey and, and we laugh at the heartaches and, and the tough times because, you know, we went through a lot of struggles, especially not necessarily having any investment because a lot of people think they just got to have an investment to start their own business. And it's like, no, 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 no. I mean, with us, we didn't need to because it was a social media uh, company as well as digital marketing. So we just really went off of uh, our expertise and, and making and putting and, and working in the trenches. And that's really what got us to where we're at today. You know, Nate, the great, you just touched on something. You had no outside money coming in. This is all yours. Yep. Fantastic. That's almost unheard of in today. You know, when you're trying to build something huge, you need to have an investor, uh, you know, some an, an angel, so, someone to <laughs> to give you money, you know, to to believe in your dream. And it's it sounds like you took what little you had and made the dream a reality on your own. You and Dan, good job. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and it wasn't easy. I mean. There was times I look back whenever we were in Washington, D.C., and we went into a bunch of doctor offices, like, you know, dressed up and trying to just close a a deal like for a thousand bucks. And now it's it's funny you look back at that because we were just sweating uh, so much, especially in Miami. I mean, the humidity, you know, it better than anybody did. For you know, like, sure. The, the mosquitoes would pick you up and take you away. <laughs> literally i mean it was it was miserable some of those times just walking the streets when it was 100 degrees and uh in khaki pants but i mean hey we we made it happen and the funny part is we didn't close any of those guys you know going door knocking and stuff i mean we we closed the majority of our deals just through social media you know messaging and, and dms and stuff and i'm fortunate enough to been given a gift of of my voice and you know i'd like to say i have a very likable personality and you know i'm genuine and i keep things real and and put it into perspective and it's definitely helped a lot because i've mainly been the one in terms of simba i'm I'm more so the the face and the brand of it and then dan yeah he's more so the uh you know daniel's more so the the visionary about what we do he's the one that comes up with the package structures and the way things need to look so yeah, we definitely have been able to complement each other in our in our strengths over the years. Well, I'd like to say that you're very personable too, Nate, the great Peterman. Uh, I've Thank I've you. enjoyed our conversation so thus far. Uh, so, Simba marketing—that's one of the the avenues uh, of—is that your is that your uh, base where you 
where you fund yourself or that's how you live and then the rest of this stuff is is exploring other avenues uh what are the other avenues of nate the great peterman yep yeah you hit that man yeah simba's the that's the primary for now uh because we focus on getting people published you know whether it's in forbes entrepreneur magazine bloomberg wikipedia msnbc you know we we get brands and companies published in a lot of these big outlets because it helps with credibility for the brand whether it's gaining them more brand deals uh, more business um and then it even helps with you know getting them featured on podcasts on different shows uh for example you know i know you mentioned joe rogan earlier uh joe rogan doesn't just have anybody on his show you know they gotta have achieved a lot of things and typically if you would send joe rogan a pr deck of the outlets that you've been featured in chances are you know he's going to want to potentially interview you compared to the guy that doesn't have pr um and then it also helps with like you know instagram has that blue check mark instagram verification so it also helps with getting verified as well your chances increase significantly and again i know this because we we verify people as well so simba is definitely the the main source when it comes to you know income wise and then the podcast i do that I don't make any money with it. You know, I don't really sponsor anybody on the podcast either because I do it because that's my passion. I've had conversations uh, with people in the car whenever I was 15 on on relationships and talking to them about what they need to do, uh, whether it's been a girl or a a guy and and just kind of walk them through like, Hey, this is what you need to go uh, do. These are your next steps. And I've always had a passion for interviewing people and talking to people on a deep level, but I just, I never knew Dan where I could, uh, you know, really grow that. And then of course, back in 2018 was whenever I said, man, let me start my own podcast. I just wanted to interview some people, like some homies of mine, some friends that had really great mentalities. And of course that led me to interviewing people like, you know, Michael Jackson's nephew, Howie Mandel's daughter, um, you know, who man who has 10 million, you know, subscribers and followers on social media. Uh, people that have produced for Whitney Houston, Justin Bieber, Michael Jackson. And it's like, now I'm at a level in my, you know, I guess you can call it career, but just in my life being 23, where I've, I've done a decent amount, especially coming out with this book I just came out with this year, being an author. And it's like, I look at all this stuff and I'm just so grateful for what I've been able to achieve because now once you set the tone for yourself, whether it's interviewing these kinds of people, doing what you've done to this point you really appreciate the people that are consistent that are going through the struggles because you know what it what it takes to get to where you're at and it's just it's it's an incredible feeling but anyways again dan you know my my main thing is simba and then the 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 podcast is basically like the pro uh the byproduct and then the book is also something that is also a byproduct Oh, I'm enjoying the podcast, and I will enjoy the book. And so, like I said, I skipped around on the podcast. I listened to the first few, and now I'm listening to the last few, and then I'll go back and I'll listen to the rest. But when did you make that plunge, and how did you make that plunge to go to California? And where are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm right around uh, Marina Del Rey, California, which is about 10 minutes away from the airport. Um, I did originally move to Hollywood for like two months, but... Yeah, I just, I can't stand having roommates because uh, I'm a big, big uh, alone time kind of guy because that's where I... Uh, yeah, I feel I you. You feel me? Yeah, yeah, I have a lot of uh, intuitive talks with myself. I mean, that's a whole other conversation, but 
I uh, yeah, I moved, <laughs> I moved to California in uh, in late May. I drove across country from Pennsylvania, you name it, through Ohio, Illinois, Indiana, you know, Missouri, Kansas, Wyoming, Colorado, Arizona, Nevada, and then I made it to California. I forty all the way. <laughs> talk about a drive, and it's my, I got a car. It's a Mini Cooper, so it was definitely fun going in a Mini Cooper across country. So, um, so but yeah. Who did you know through. out there? Did you go all by yourself, or did you know some people in California? Yeah, we, you know, we got a few clients in California, but yeah, I mean, I of course my business partner was living out here at the time, but okay, um, yeah, I didn't really know too many people. Um, so I definitely came out here more so because I get asked this question a lot, like, why did you move out to California? Exactly. Like, That's brings, where I'm getting what, at. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what brings people here? And, you know, people ask me this all the time. And I tell them, of course, it's for business growth, but I moved out of here. I moved out here for personal growth. You know, like I wanted to get out of Pennsylvania. I realized going back to Pennsylvania from all these travels, Dan, I grew, but it wasn't doing me any justice because I still came back to the same territory and that's being conservative. And I realized for a week, maybe two weeks, I was good. But then I realized my energy started to get drained because where I'm from, a lot of people don't think on my wavelength and I couldn't relate to people. So I told myself and my my business partner really motivated me a ton. He's like, Nate, you've got to come out here to L.A. And my ego was kind of a bit big and was like, well, no, man, I'm comfortable here. I want to stay in Pennsylvania. But he said, no, you need to come to Los Angeles. And, you know, I, I listened to him. And, and that was one of the greatest decisions of my life because it didn't just make me, you know, be able to interview and do all these wonderful things because a lot of people just look at the highlight reel. But it put me in such a financial pressure position that has grown me so much where I've gotten so much more in tune with myself on a spiritual and a faithful level. So now, Dan, when I'm talking to you, I can tell you like, man, I'm, I'm as most, I'm the most spiritual and faithful I've ever been in my entire life right now. And I freaking love it, man. It's, it's incredible. Well, that's good. Nate, the great Peterman. I mean, people ask me all the time, why did you move from Miami to Conway, Arkansas? <laughs> you know? so yeah, i guess i went the other way I, i'm slowing down in my old age you know <laughs> but uh you know i can do this podcast from anywhere i can do radio from anywhere i can dj from anywhere it's a i, I you know it's a it's where you want to be and and i tell people in their 20s do whatever you want to do fall down because you can get back up man you you're made of rubber you got wolverine powers and, and and you're doing it, man. You're living your dream. You're helping people. Uh, the Simba marketing, the book. Uh, what's the name of the book again? Uh, Success Secrets for the Young Entrepreneur. And where can they find that, Nate, the great Peterman? Yeah, so you can check it out on Amazon. That's one uh, place. And then you can go to NateTheGreatBook.com. Uh, yeah, NateTheGreatBook.com. And then you'll find uh, the book on there. Again, it's free. You just got to pay for shipping, and then you get the free audiobook for that. Sweet. All right. I'm being mindful of your time. I know you said you didn't have a, a lot of time for this, but I appreciate it so much that you spent some time on the What Makes You Famous podcast. Nate the Great, uh, tell the people how to find uh, find out everything about you, Nate the Great, including the podcast and the Simba marketing. I'm looking at your, your LinkedIn. Is that the the way to go for the Simba marketing or is there other ways to, to find you? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, 
so yeah for like our website and everything we got it currently under construction because we're adding a bunch of testimonials and stuff on there and we just had some updates but in terms of reaching out to me and following me and reaching out whether it's for simba or just podcast purposes i'm very active on uh, instagram you can find me at nate the great and then you can also find me on you know whether it's facebook youtube uh, linkedin um i mean shoot even tiktok nate the great peterman that's <laughs> what do you do on your tiktok uh, what was that? Are you doing these goofy videos like all these kids? I'm quite a, I'm quite a bit older than you. I can say these kids today and their TikTok videos. Well, what are you doing on TikTok? Uh, music and stuff or what? You know, it's funny you mentioned that, Dan, because a lot of people, they are just doing those little silly music videos and stuff. And I haven't really tried. I mean, I'll try one just for the heck of it. <laughs> I'll try it for the heck of it. But I realized, you know, a lot of people they're they're not necessarily because it's great and this is kind of like a branding principle this is my marketing coming out of me but um oh give me gems go the the big the big misperception is people on tiktok they're they're showing a whole different personality compared to what they are on twitter facebook and instagram but the thing is if you're looking to monetize and gain business because here's the thing and I'm out here with these people in Los Angeles, and I know this because I, I talked to some of them. Nate, how do I monetize my audience? And I'm like, well, what are you looking to do? Well, I want to grow my business. And when I say monetize my audience, they mean their TikTok audience. And I asked them, I'm like, well, what, what are you doing on TikTok besides these silly videos? Like, Because you're getting these followers in your audience on TikTok to follow you for a whole different reason that isn't even for your business. So what you need to do on TikTok, yes, you can do what it is that you want to do for your business content wise, but have a different shabam to it. For me, I've kind of just been exploring more so not necessarily the straight up motivational kind of videos, but the other day, like I uploaded a, a video on top things you should have in your apartment right? Because it's not necessarily out of my lane, but people get intrigued by that, like how-to videos. So I just recommend doing things along with your brand. I mean, hey, if you have a, uh, a silly video you want to put out there, that's great because it's intriguing to me. Dan, I got people that I see on Instagram, they can barely pass over a thousand views on their Instagram videos. But on TikTok, they got over millions of views. Oh, So it that blows my mind. <laughs> so Nate, the great Pit- Peterman on your, on your TikTok, we, we might not see you uh, taking a pie to the face. Nothing. <laughs> hey, never know. I'll oh. keep it open. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, then uh, any, any other avenues you want to explore? Tell the people about Nate, the great Peterman. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if you're big, if you're a big podcast listener, school on wheels, definitely uh, you can find me on iTunes and Spotify at the roots of success podcast. And then that's for the audio version. If you're a visual kind of guy or gal, I totally recommend uh, looking on YouTube as well as Facebook, the roots of success podcast, and you'll find all of the video interviews on there as well. Yep. Dig it. Nate, the great Peterman. And as time has progressed and same with me, I mean, uh, my er earliest podcast were not great, (laughs) but but I think I'm getting better. (laughs) Absolutely. I've been doing radio for a long time. I have to be doing something, right? So, (laughs) Nate the Great Peterman, thank you so much for being on the What Makes You Famous podcast. I appreciate you. I knew it was going to be good, man. I knew knew you had a story to tell, and you're inspiring people, man. Uh, Any last words for the people? 
Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me, and definitely means a lot. And really, I guess, you know, some of my last words are, you, you literally got to get uncomfortable every single day, okay? I'm, I'm naturally introverted, okay? I lived by that as a label for, for many, many years. Uh, I'm introverted, I'm introverted, I'm introverted, I'm shy, you know, I'm quiet, I'm, you know, every time I go into a room, I feel like I can't talk to anybody, but uh, the fact of the matter was, I lived by being introverted, and with me living by being introverted, it held me back so, so much on coming out into being Nate the Great. Because now I'm at a point where, even just a year ago, saying, hi, my name is Nate the Great, I would feel so awkward doing that. But now I'm so uncomfortable because I got uncomfortable by saying that. I got uncomfortable by every single time I'm out in public or in an elevator. I always say to people, like, whenever they leave, hey, have a great day. Right, get yourself uncomfortable. If you're quiet and you want to kind of get out of your comfort zone, take big risks as well. That's that's a whole nother principle. Yeah. You realize how much you know grit and and risk taking you need to have to really just move, not just to another city, but I'm saying from coast to coast, like yeah. across the country. That's a whole nother, you know. Oh my goodness, that, that's that's a big big risk to take, especially whenever you're from the East Coast and you move all the way to the West Coast. And whenever you're so close to your family, uh, it's tough. But guess what? I'm not here to just make my family comfortable. I'm here to give them the life that they deserve. So, again, take big risks and you better live. Okay, you better live by getting uncomfortable. Well, there you have it, party people. Nate the Great Peterman. Man, I saw his videos. I knew he was going to be a cool dude. He is a cool dude, man, and he's pursuing his dreams. He went out there to California, the city of, oh, yeah, the, he went to California, and uh, he's finding, he's rubbing elbows with the with the stars, and he's going to become a star on, of his own, <laughs> in his own right. Uh, I was listening to the, the uh, he mentioned the one with uh, uh, TJ Jackson, uh, Tito Jackson's son uh, michael jackson's nephew ever heard of michael jackson ever heard of tito jackson you know the jacksons yeah well he's brushed with greatness the blood runs deep it looks like uh tj and his brothers were part of a a group as well so that's where i ended up on his podcast and i'll i'll keep listening to date the greats podcast the roots of success check that out everywhere you find podcasts it's pretty cool and then uh, find Nate the Great. You know, he's got his website, uh, Easy as Pie. He's got a LinkedIn, his Simba marketing. If you need some marketing and uh, if you've got a business, yeah, you need some marketing. That's the only way to live in this in this crazy world of ours. you got to be on social media and maybe you don't have time to do all that. You need a marketer. You got Nate the Great Peterman on your side with his Simba marketing, S-Y-M-B-A marketing. So, uh, yeah. Good times. Thank you so much, Nate the Great Peterman, for being on the What Makes You Famous podcast and talking to this old man, making me feel young. You know, remember when 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 I used to go across country and uh, experience things. <laughs> I still experience things, man. I'm not old. I'm not too old for this. <laughs> <laughs> thanks again nate the great uh if you want to tell your story i encourage you give me a call 
470-6386 or email info at radiowhat.com. That's it for this installment of What Makes You Famous. It's Keys Dan, radiowhat.com, djlittlerock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. Radio What, the music you want with another great quote. In three words, I can sum up everything I've learned about life. It goes on. Robert Frost. The music you want is on RadioWhat.com. Tweet, tweet, yo. Follow Radio What on Twitter at RadioWhatTwit. Tweet, tweet, yo.